Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of the Keeper League podcast with the AFL Fantasy Podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef, and today I am joined by former co-host of this show, current host of the Point of Difference podcast, also known as the Pod Pod. Welcome back to Studio Hef, Dossie. Thanks for having me, mate. It's a lot easier. Sorry, it's a lot easier with um one person here. I know who to throw to this time, not yeah. like last yeah. year. I had to kind of That's choose it. who to throw to first. It's like my second home, the studio, mate. Yeah, yeah. You haven't been here for a while. You nah. Like yeah. yeah Nostalgic it's... getting back in here? Oh, absolutely, mate. Just <laughs> the beautiful bright lights of the studio. That we got the TikToks popping off these days, mate. You're Always. blowing up everywhere, aren't you? Yeah, trying to. Um, no, no, I think the TikTok's actually kind of regressing a little bit. I think we hit our mm. peak last year. but oh, okay. they're just Don't worry, cons- you've, got, you've got the content king back to help you with that, mate. Well, that's it. It's got to pop off this week <laughs> for sure. There's uh, no doubt about that. But uh, you're here to talk about GWS now. Yes. What's, what's the go here? You're, are you a GWS fan? What's, why, why have I got you in? I don't know. I think you just didn't want me on any of the other <laughs> pods where I'm biased with a, maybe a Carlton podcast. There's probably some bias, some Gold Coast. You just want to avoid me tainting your podcast with any of the kind of more relevant teams. But GWS, there's actually a lot of exciting names, I reckon. Looking at looking at the list, you know, a few changes coming in. Obviously, a coaching change as well, which we'll talk about. But For sure. I don't know. It's an exciting team. Yeah. Well, like in all honesty, I could not think of a GWS fan. And like, <laughs> yeah. I reckon there was like two or three teams where I just couldn't think of like someone who is mm-hmm. like a supporter of that club and like knows fantasy or has some kind of like relevancy in the fantasy world. So, so I feel the whole. I just- I'm Yeah. The- UK's Louis, I reckon, uh, probably spoiler for the future, Louis might be on. Yeah. Uh, hole fillers. Yeah. <laughs> just the sub vest. We've got the vest yeah. on. We're, We're coming in to fill those. People, yeah. so, yeah. All right. Sweet. Thank so you. this will be the lowest listen podcast and you want to be on for that one. Yes. Correct. Right, sweet. Yeah. Thanks, mate. Just Appreciate keeping it. Keeping you uh, yeah. under wraps. <laughs> Beautiful. Anyways, let's get stuck into GWS. So they got a new coach, uh, Big Pipes Kingsley. What do you think of his pipes, My by the way? God, those pipes. <laughs> I know you are like, a big fan of pipes. Yeah, like Bevo, we've always admired Bevo. He's got that chiseled jaw, the combo, the chiseled jaw followed by the fairly gargantuan pipes. Yeah. But Adam Kingsley's come in. He's taken the crown immediately. He'd be, he'd be out doing all of the GWS players right now in the gym yeah. and- I wonder how much coaching he can really do with the amount of gym time he's getting in. I want to know how much he has to eat to get pipes that size. Like, I, it seems impossible. Like, you see, I think you see, like, people like Stewie Jew, post-footy, they just blow up because yeah. they don't hit the gym properly. Like, yeah. he must be eating, like, probably as much as Stewie Jew, but actually, like, you know, matching it on the gym side, I reckon. But uh, It's so impressive, though. I like, I don't know how he does it, but- right. um, how much of this podcast Huge. do you reckon we could spend talking about? Probably boss? the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's really- But no, his game plan is going to be very interesting to see how it all shakes out. They had Mark McVeigh take over, you know, what was that, midway through last year or towards the end? And we saw some significant changes straight away, like your Himmelbergs moving into defense. We saw some Perryman action in the midfield. Jacob Hopper came back at the end of last year. He's gone now. Taranto's gone. So, there's so many changes to take into account along with the coaching change. So- yeah, the, how GWS shakes out, the preseason is going to be critical to see what yeah. what happens. But I'm really interested. He's obviously got that Richmond background coming from there. Does this? Are you worried about that at all? Absolutely. In terms of yeah. having, I've a got it in my notes yeah. here. That's yeah. um, something I'm thinking. Like you know, we've seen. Well, you, you know, you, you generally get like a fantasy friendly role, like short off the halfback line or something like that when he's playing in the halfback line. Mm. So you might see someone like um, coming still go okay. But yeah, I'm kind of worried about what happens in the midfield mainly, and the way they kind of uh, kind of play that defensive style. Um, and it's not a lot of you know possession footy. It's kind of getting it straight down the line to your key targets and stuff like that. Mm. Might not be the same way because they probably don't have the quality of key targets as well. So it might be more possession. But yeah, I'm definitely concerned. That's for sure. 
yeah, it, it's a definitely a watch, but um, I guess a lot of the players we'll probably talk about are guys that maybe could fill those voids of the the lacking Taranto and Hopper that go out. So do you want to talk about maybe? Is that what we're going to get into now, mate? Well, we've got a new format this preseason, Dossie. So we've Sorry, been mate. going with the uh, undervalued. So players okay. that kind of perform below where we think the average is going to be mm-hmm. this year. Um, breakout contenders, so guys who yep. fit the mould to break out the season, and some stash options, some guys that aren't quite there, but we're going to talk about them for for maybe future stashes and things that well, might mate, break I, out. I know that. I've been listening along, so I knew that was coming. I just wanted to, you know, could just bounce them off you. And you I passed, right? Off. You passed. Yeah, good. Well. All right, well, talking about some undervalued players, Toby yep. Green's the first one I want to talk about. So, he just first, uh, sorry, his worst fantasy return mm. since 2018, um, only averaged 74.4 last season. Do you think he has an upside this season, listed as a forward? We know they're scarce. And do you think there's any potential midfield time like the days of old? God, I hope so, hey. It would be nice to see him back in the guts. He's an absolute freak when he does play midfield. I think if, if he's ever going to get that chance again, you know, we always talk about it. If he's ever going to get it, it would be now coaching change. You're losing two high, high usage center bounce guys in Jacob Hopper and Tim Taranto. Yep. Um, look, if they ever need a guy like him in there to fill the void until some of the young guys can come up, it would be this year. So, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, like you said, even if he just plays that forward role, he can do a lot better than he did last year. And if we do see a Richmond game style from from Adam Kingsley coming in, that's conducive of forward players getting more involved because they do like to slingshot it quite forward quickly and then yeah, they yeah. get involved. So, yeah, plenty of upside and I mean, it's Toby Green. He, he yeah. We know what he can do. I think at worst, he goes over 80 plus again this season. At his very worst. Um, as long as he stays on the park, doesn't get suspended, doesn't get injured, I think he should go 80 with ease. You know, that's just Toby Green. That's what he does year after year. If he can get some midfield time, like who knows what he could go to there. Who's your, While we're on the topic, who's your gut feel of the Taranto and Hopper? Who are the replacements? So, everyone's talking Tom Green. Seems pretty obvious. Mm. Do you think anyone else gets more of a go in there? Well, I mean, Perriman showed that knack to play in, inside at the end of last year. He I sure think did. his last few games of the season, he was upwards of – like he was getting, you know, mid-80s or 90s even centre bounce attendances. They really threw him in there to see what he could do. Yeah. Um, there was a patch there. I don't know what sort of game – I think it was right at the tail end of last year. And he he's shown an ability to do that. Like we saw him leading the Coleman last year early in the season. It was parent, was it last year or the year before? But uh, we yeah, saw him sort remember. of right up there. He can do a lot of different things. He's got a lot of tricks in his bag, and midfield is one of those things. So he was playing more like some accountable roles in that midfield as well. Mm. And like whilst it wasn't the prettiest football, it was still scoring pretty well while he was yeah. doing it as well. So so I think the other options you've got. It, it depends if they go you know heavy if they throw. Big numbers at Kelly in there, Cornelio in there. If they do throw a Toby Green in there, you've got Perryman. I feel like they could expose Callanan to some in this in his so second. He was played when he did play. He was more on the wing. He's last more year. a wing, yeah. yeah. So I feel like you're right, but he might get a little bit of exposure. Well, Junior, he year. was an inside midfielder. Yep. So, so if he's yeah. if his body's ready to go, I honestly feel like um, a guy coming across from Melbourne. I think they're going to maybe mix in a few of that speed burst guys. So like. Whether Toby Bedford gets a little bit of exposure, yeah, he's a he's a tackle pressure guy. Do they want to put a bit of pressure in there? I feel like there might be a bit of a mix, a bit of a bit of tinkering, few little trials, and maybe a Lockie Ash as well would be one that we could look keep an eye on as well. We'll talk about Lockie Ash in a second. There's a few guys there actually we'll talk about down the line, but we'll move on right now to Braden Proust. So he should be the number one ruck, yeah. And if he's fit and remains unsuspended, seems to be a lot of suspension um, prone blokes at GWS. But uh, you reckon he's the number one? Flynn doesn't- Yeah, if he's healthy. That's- But he never is. Yeah. He never plays, you know, 10 games a year. It's like- Barely ever does he keep on the park. So, the thing with, yes, he's the number one ruck, but can he keep his body right? The thing with Bruce in your keeper leagues and your drafts as well, I guess, like 
people are going to be targeting those top end Ruckman's, Ruckman and people are probably going to go early on Ruckman where they're probably going to average at the end of the year, especially when you look at like, um, you know, you've got your standouts like English, Rowan Marshall, who are definitely going to be right up there. But people will go probably earlier than they should on Grundy, just not knowing what to expect or even Gorn as well, because like one of those two will probably regret, they might even both regress quite significantly, but because the names of the past, you could get a real bargain with someone like Proust is what I'm trying to say. Mm. Like those top kind of line Ruckman will go off the board probably earlier than they should, um, mm. well, the latter two anyway, earlier than they should. Whereas you could be picking him up, you know, if you play a 10 team league, he could, he could be like the seventh or eighth picked Ruckman and still average over 80 if he plays each week. So yeah, that's just one. One, I think there's a bit of value there, that's all. But, yeah, again, that big if we talked about before, whether he can stay on the park, uh, that's the I issue. think it's just that's the problem. Like, yeah. when has he ever shown an ability to? We thought it was going to be last year. There's just no way he could play a full season yeah. of AFL footy. So, yeah, if you do draft him, you've obviously got to go with one of those other guys. You like have the to other handcuff, yeah. yeah. Have to handcuff Flynn. And even last year, I think we saw both of them injured and Kieran Briggs um, yeah. took over the mantle as well. So, um. You're gonna to have to roll pretty deep in your rucks. You're kind of committing to three players if you mm. pick. And I wonder whether they do the old um, rotation, the dual ruck as yeah. well, which has been prominent in Richmond with Soldo and Nank over the many Seems years. Seems to be prominent in the AFL. Most, yeah, the moment, it's coming so. back as yeah. a thing, unfortunately. Yeah, for so us it's bad, for the, bad yeah. for the rucks out there. Um, all right, well, we'll move on to some breakout contenders, guys that fit the mold to break out this year. Um, the first one's Tom Green. Do you reckon he just fills that midfield spot? Yeah, I think he's probably one that I didn't even mention in our in our long list of midfielders before and he's the most obvious to take the big leap. Yeah. Spent a lot of time in the midfield, um, you know, last year, early last year, especially without Hopper in the side and um, kind of tailed off a little bit to a point where I think there's still plenty of upside in him and what he's coming into is like third or fourth year now. So, yeah, yeah. yeah ready to take that leap for sure. Yeah, no, nah, I agree. What do you think? What's his gut feel average this year? If you're going to put one out there right now. Um, I mean, I think the good, I think the comparison to like Patrick Cripps is honestly pretty like it's the closest you probably get in the league that we see at the moment. And I feel like, you know, early days, Patrick Cripps is probably more like the mid nineties guy until you yeah, can kind of put it all together and yep. get a few of those marks around the ground. So, and then probably, you come back to basically being a mid nineties guy for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So I'd say probably like mid nineties to a hundred would be my guess. If I he think, goes over a hundred, I wouldn't be surprised though. Yeah. I think in the nineties is probably yeah. the most realistic option, but yeah, same deal. Like given the opportunity he's going to get, there's definitely scope for high scoring. That's for sure. Mm. Uh, the other one is um, Lockie Ash fits the mold for a breakout contender. He was thrown around a lot last year. Um, midfield defense, um, yeah, a few different roles. Do you think he gets he's a chance of a midfield role with the departures? I think we spoke about this a lot on the podcast last year, and Kay's was also a big proportion of this, I reckon. Yeah. We just think he needs a consistent role, and hopefully with the new coach, Kingsley, coming in, hopefully he can say, look, because last year he was a tagger, he's a wingman, he's a halfback. Like, what is he? And I feel like if he just focuses this offseason, if they if they give him a nice role, whether that's midfield, whether that's halfback, I think he'll thrive regardless. Like, he's just a natural kind of footy player, and- I feel this year could be the year for him to break out. He was used as a bit of a tagger last year, though. He well. was, so yeah. That's, that generally is like a, you know, lesson learning type thing. Though, exactly. Especially for someone like yeah. Ash. So, maybe there is, oh, I guess it's a new coach now, so who knows. But there was, I guess, some um, potential there for a, for a long-term midfield spot. Don't know if it's the case now with a new coach, but he's one to watch. I will add that in the um, in the article that will associate this podcast, I just want to let Leno Kays wrote the Ash 
paragraph. <laughs> so okay. it's very, very favorable towards Ash. So yeah, if he doesn't go well this year, blame Case is what I'm saying. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> um, the stash options is what we're moving on to. So we mentioned him before, but Finn Callahan. So he was a good junior, um, got a run on the wing when he did play. He's just a player that I think needs another year of development before he becomes a reasonable scorer. I don't think the breakout's happening this year in his second year. That's probably an easy thing to bank on as your second year blues and then your third year breakouts is generally a common trend. But Incorrect. Uh, Incorrect. Uh, what are your thoughts there? Uh, I disagree. And I've already said this so many times on the pod, uh, Hef. The second year isn't a second year blues. It's only when you have an amazing first year that it's likely, you know, someone that we've watched all year play amazing and then they have the second year and then the whole competition kind of figures them out. They get more defensive pressure. Yeah. They slightly dip in their second and then they come back storming in their third. With players that haven't had the opportunity, have had, you know, he had injuries last year. He's also, by the way, coming into the season um, a little bit back. He had surgery in the off season, so he's kind of coming back. Now he's, a, I think he'd be running now in December and January was the prediction, yeah. so he should be back running hopefully. But he's got all the scope to- play more games, play a proper role on that wing, maybe get some of that more in, inside midfield time. I feel like also Tanner Bruin's departure is probably a bit underrated. Like he had over 20% center bounces in a number of games, like played a fair bit of footy last year. I think Callanan actually could could take the next step. Was dominant at VFL level in his first few games before getting the call up. I reckon he's a big chance to go go real big this year. So he's actually a guy that I, I would be saying to draft pretty confident confidently and maybe not even be that stash maybe be fieldable this year I, st- I still think he's a stash just because like less like, I haven't really seen him in this offseason but he kind of just didn't look like the size for a you know a dominant inside midfielder just yet he's bit- so, oh you mean like girthy yeah pops. girthy wise mate. Kingsley yeah, so, mate. Kingsley's going to have him in the gym we had this big uh, thing on our group chat where Kays would always refer to big bodied midfielders as tall midfielders and we're like no big bodied and tall are different yeah. <laughs> we had to like, kind of explain that because mm. Lockie Neal like, Lockie Neal's a big bodied midfielder despite being 179 <laughs> centimetres you know what I mean yeah he's so what you're saying <laughs> you need some. You need some gym photos of Callanan. That's what I mean. That will make my. That will okay. make my. GWS socials. Get them out there. Yeah, get some get gym some photos out there. Callanan pipes next to Kingsley for comparison, if possible. Because yeah. like, and, and the thing is as well, like they develop, I guess, body type as well, and the type of roles they're going to be playing as well, like that sometimes happens as well. Like you try to keep the a bit of the mass off if you if they're planning on playing the wing and stuff like exactly. that. So, but you don't yeah. think the wing like he can score well on the wing and okay, get a full, just, full season of footy under his a belt? A few things like if you just look over the trends of wingers in the competition, they're not scoring super highly. Mm-hmm. They're scoring consistently, but mm-hmm. not super highly. You know, so not hundred pluses type thing. There's not mm-hmm. many out there that actually do it. Like look at someone like Langdon, who's the best winger in the competition, doesn't get anywhere near yep. to be like a decent fantasy yeah, option. So yeah, yeah it's uh, it's interesting. It's, it's the only way I, I kind of think. Funny that you talk. About the second year blues i think when we i think second year blues is definitely like the second year they do progress a lot but when i'm talking breakouts i generally think the year that they're most likely to average over 80 as a forward or a um defender or over 90 as a midfielder that's kind of my thinking that's how, that's what i team deem as a you know the breakout i'm looking at when they can kind of get to that yeah, point be, yeah I more so than just like boosting almost their average. when they can be 2g for yeah. B. when yeah. you're looking at raw data like you you see guys get 30 in their first season then 60 in the second season you're like oh 30 point uptick but then they get 80 it's only 20 point uptick in the third but that's when they're becoming a decent you know putting up decent right, numbers right, mate. you know what i mean so Jesus, yeah Sorry. Back on the show, and you. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know, man. I like. Uh, I like. We both have our little data focus. That's the thing. I'm, you know, very, very picky about that. Right. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Valentine's Day is almost here, and by the grace of Cupid, our friends at Manscaped are coming with the best tools to get your boys downstairs ready for the special occasion. I'd like to propose making February 13th National Shave Your Balls Day. Who's with?
with me. Uh, get lucky this Valentine's Day and join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming. With our exclusive offer, go to manscaped.com and use the code KEEPER20 for 20% off and free shipping. That's KEEPER20 for 20% off and free shipping. Um, anyway, that's all the kind of ones I've got on the list. Um, any other options that you want to talk about? While we've got you here, Dossie. Yeah, so I've got a couple. Um, one in particular kind of hits the heartstrings. And honestly, Kay's, Kay's was the first man to be all aboard the Peatling train, but James Peatling for me, yeah, big fan. Big fan of him. Um, last year came on the scene. He really got an opportunity playing a forward line role. So, he was playing that kind of high half forward that we've seen occasionally pop for certain players, certain yeah. players that can – hit the scoreboard as well as rack up. And he was up near stoppages, basically playing as an extra midfielder at times last year. Inconsistency was certainly there. Yeah. But were you impressed by that? He, he t- I remember he had a stretch. There was like- yeah. a, There was three games at the start. Yeah, 80, really- 119 and an 80. Like, And he was kicking multiple goals. He was kicking bags. Yeah. yeah. They, then they just kind of shut him down. They're like, well, he's, he's kicking too many goals up forward. Defenders actually started paying attention to him and then he was gone. That's kind of what it seemed like to me. So, in that kind of half-forward role, I think like, yeah, you can get off the chain for a while, but it's so easy, easy to shut you down in those roles as well. They just sit a you know tight marking defender on you and you're gone type thing. Yeah. I liked him the year before. See, I don't know if Kays was the first. I had him in my classic team two years ago. Um, I liked him the year before he was in defence because he's playing mm. a half-back. Like, look how much fantasy role. The good thing about him is he can still, you know, that role could still be there. So, um, I don't love him as a forward um, if he's playing that forward role. I guess he can pop every now and then if he gets on the end of a few goals. But like I said, they started to work him out pretty closely, I think, towards the end of last year and started to shut him down and it saw him fade away. But, you know, third year coming into it um, has shown he can play a fantasy-friendly role in the past and also shown he can put up good scores. There's definitely scope there. Like, there's potential there. Yeah, I'm a big I'm, I'm a big fan and especially if he retains that role, you know, coming into another year. Because before that, he was playing half-back yeah. for GWS. Yeah, exactly. I feel like he does also have that ability to go inside because that's what he was playing on that half-forward line. He was really moving into stoppage. So, yeah. he's another guy to watch for some midfield time, but I feel like he's not going to cost- He's going to cost you nothing for a draft pick. Yeah, and, you'll get him so And late. he's a flyer that, yeah, yeah. you know, he's shown an ability. He's He scores well at um, VFL level. He's, yeah, he's sure. done it in the past kind of thing at the lower levels. So, whether he's a guy that can kind of come into his own this year, I'll be one to watch is I James think, Peatling. I think- GWS players like Peatling as well. Like they just go under the radar a bit more because there's not that much of a focus on him in the media exactly. and stuff like that. And they will slide pretty late. And people forget that he had, you know, those three, four weeks yep. where he did put up some good scores. Certainly so. not a hot name um, in this <laughs> fantasy preseason, but I'm looking forward to his year. Um, Toby Bedford was the other one just yep. coming across from Melbourne. I mentioned him before. I think he's got a, an ability to potentially spend some time inside. He'd be more of your stash option as well. Let's just see what he can do again, yeah. like a pick real late in your draft. Maybe even just let him go and see how he goes in the first couple of weeks of the season. But he brings that speed. Um, look, Bobby Hill's gone too, isn't he? That was the talk that he replaces him up forward. Yeah, so he'll probably he'll probably be that sort of speedy guy. He came out and won the time trial um, the other day, the two K yeah. time trial. We always like seeing that. So yeah. he's a guy. I'm just I'm just keen to see. You know, coming across from Melbourne, a tough team to break into. Does yeah. he have a bit more that he can show us in this lesser? GWS team that aren't up there in the premiership contention, you know? I just see him as one of, like, your very good smaller forwards. That's mm-hmm. what I see him as, which say I don't, don't love him for fantasy. But, like, he does have speed. It's whether they choose to utilise that speed elsewhere. I'm He's one I'm not looking at just because, like, we know I I used to hate key forwards. Now I'm kind of get back on the key forwards because there's And you're forwards. off the small forwards. I'm off the small forwards, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Dossie's just flagging it, you know. He always, uh, he always brings the names to the table. So, just keep an eye on Toby Bedford as well. And my final guy that I actually just- this is more your gut feel. 
more yeah. I love a good gut feel. You dossy feel here. Yep. What Co- is it the Manscaped smooth ball call? It is my Manscaped smooth ball call. Yep. Cooper Hamilton. Yep. I'm just a I know nothing about him, so fan tell me. Of him. Tell me. I honestly don't like I didn't know too much about him last year either, but yeah. just watching him play did not hit the fantasy scores or did not show anything in the fantasy circuit for us, but just watching the way he goes about his footy just moves to kind of like those nice places. He played a bit of backline. He's elite endurance. So he was the he's the club record holder, I believe, for the 2K time trial as well. Oh, wow. Got that fitness base. Came second to uh, Toby Bedford. So he better come back and uh take the take the crown, I think, in the next time trial. But a few good runners on that side. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> I just think um yeah, the way he played, the way he moved, the way he was getting into the right positions, he wasn't always getting used, but I feel like coming into his, I think this is only his second year of footy. Yeah. Um, he's a guy that stash again, um, definitely probably not ready to go this year, but he's one I'm keen to look an eye on. All right. Keep an eye on. I'll Cooper, have to take your word for that Hamilton. One. Yep. I have no opinion on that one, so I'll take Mark your word it down for in your book, mate. There we Cooper go. Hamilton. Any more on that list or was that, was that it? That was it. I mean, Jack Buckley coming back from injury as well. I yep. had some interest in him before he unfortunately got injured last year, but he's more of your kind of streamer option. But All right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, before we move on to the listener questions, I uh, just want to thank the gold members each week. Uh, members this week will have received our top 100 defender rankings from Kays and myself. And then there is a third option, which is what our members um, who have chosen to participate have ranked the players as well. So there's a really good consensus. I think there's uh, quite a few members in there that have actually put this through. So um, it should even out quite nicely and give you some pretty um, good ranks. So yeah, they'll be up. Uh, well, they ha- they are up now. Um, this, this podcast is getting recorded in the past. So <laughs> yeah, it's hard to, hard to actually um, remember when things are coming out. So they're up now. Um, yeah, but each week we thank uh, some gold members. So thank you to Peter Cunningham, uh, Adam Burgess, Ben Gardner, Matthew Kelson, Stuart Churton, Odin York, Ian Duncan, Sean Lawson, David Pierce, and Dan Kovacevic. So, yeah, apart from that, uh, we've got a few other resources up there. What do you use when you're doing the podcast? I know you use the Keep League Pod resources. What's your yeah. what's your most valuable resource? Honestly, like, um, yeah, as much as I am have been involved in the show, you know quite well I use the resources regularly as one of my go-to in combination with other ones as well. But I use them mostly for CBAs are my go-to. Um, I like checking, I like using it to kind of check the previous years and also check specific specific games. Obviously, there's like a few different options you can use in CBAs. State league scores, huge yeah. um, coming in. Like you want to look at how players perform, whether that was last, whether that was kind of like heading into this year or as we start this next season, this 2023 season, checking in, see how my guys like Braden Fairini are <laughs> uh, going in the twos yeah. and um, just, you know, relishing the fact that uh, Stewie G is still the coach there. And- um, Drafty fantasy scores coming in for classic and for your keeper leg, obviously. Yeah, um, yeah. Knowing what what the rookies averaged in their draft year and coming in and knowing where they're kind of going to sit at AFL level, you know, predicting what they can kind of do is is what I really like to use. The drafty analysis guides up there as well, which yeah. gives you a bit of a um, bit of info on what the players like as well. So that's another good one there to check out if you're uh, yeah either studying your rookies for classic or looking for people to pick up in keeper leagues. Anyways, uh, enough plugging my own products. There's a link in the description below if you want to sign up. Um, you know, every dollar that comes from that keeps the podcast going. So thanks heaps for that. Um, but if you can't uh, support that way, that's fine. Just you know, follow us on uh, YouTube. We'll subscribe on YouTube. Follow Twitter, all that sort of stuff. Follow Facebook. Um, yeah, any kind of that, any all that kind of stuff really helps us out. So it'd be great if you could. Um, yeah, just help us out in those ways if possible. All right, into the listener questions. So the first one comes from at DanK101. Dossie, what are your thoughts on Kieran Briggs as a long-term stash? Long-term stash, yeah. He's coming into what, his fourth or fifth year now, I reckon. Yeah, I feel like 
Um, yeah, not not for me. I mean, he might he might come and do all right when when Pruce is down or if Flinny goes down as well. I think Flynn's the long term answer there. And I think he's the third in line to the ruck and really yeah. only used when they're like you know break glass in case of emergency type thing. Agreed. Yeah, I think they like him as like a key. Like either they can play key defense and key forward. I think he was drafted as one and plays as the other now or whatever. You know, I think but one yeah. thing that we and and I feel like we all got caught into this last year is like you can always kind of have an idea of like okay when this guy retires or when this happens when this happens this guy will pop. But as we found out last year, we were talking the whole year basically about Ned Reeves versus Max Lynch. Yeah. And then all of a sudden in the offseason, they're like, well, actually, we're going to go get a third guy, Lloyd Meek. So it's that, like- that, That's because Lynch is not serviceable. That's why. They, uh, they, they need, a, ba- they need a backup. Let's right. uh, agree to disagree. No, there, no, but, no, honestly. You know what I mean? Though? It's like yeah. if they want an upgrade, they'll go get one. Like they might go draft a guy next year yeah. that, that'll replace Briggs. Like, well, that's I what, feel that's like, what Proust was supposed to be anyway. Like I feel like unless they're a stud, like they're a clear kind of stud, if they're just like that- um, Kind of like the role player, or like you know, they'll fill them, fill the void, like you're saying, break glass in case of emergency. I yeah. don't think they're worth stashing. Nah, neither. You get like uh, there's a million Kieran Briggs types out yeah. there, so yeah, just grab one the year before. I hope it pops really. Um, at Simon Evans underscore seventy six, uh, thoughts on Brent Daniels? Despite being a forward, there has been talk in the past about midfield time and then injury strikes. If he stays injury free, do you see him consolidating a place in the best twenty two and becoming more than just a waiver guy by year's end? Thoughts on Brent Daniels. Uh, can I just jump in quickly? Sorry, Dustin, before you answer. Mm. Funny um, little story. On TikTok, you can see who's viewed your profile. Oh. Scrolling down the list, none other than Brent Daniels has been looking at the Keeper League pod on TikTok. Look, I think Brent <laughs> Daniels is having a breakout year. He's the, probably the best player in the AFL um, and he's going to get all the mid-time in the world and break out ama- massively. Um, yeah, Brent Daniels, good on you, mate. Um, <laughs> looking forward to a huge year. But in all seriousness, um, he's got explosive speed coming out everywhere yeah. uh, old uh, Brent Daniels so I feel like he can he can kind of have a spot in their midfield have a spot in their forward line it depends where Adam Kingsley's gonna yeah. go for me know? he's just not the accumulator type yeah. so I just don't think like he might be a serviceable forward at some stage I know Kay's really liked him I think back in the day um, and he can put up some decent scores and you're right he does get a few stints in the midfield and stuff like that but I just don't know if he's going to accumulate consistently to be someone that you can put on your field each week. Might be a loophole slash streamer guy. Mm. Um, that's a bit, you know, that's where he fits in a bit more. I don't know. Yeah. Probably fits that Richmond type of person to go, you know, if they're going the Richmond game plan route, does yeah. fit that mould of being able to kind of burst out of stoppage in the yeah. midfield, which they often like having that speedy kind of dynamic. Yeah, look at Shea Bolton. Yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah. Like a Bolton kind of bursting out of midfield. So, yeah. Yeah. Wait and see. Yeah. I'm not sure he's at that level just yet, but mm. wait and see. Um, at Warner Brothers AFL, um, if GWS become Richmond-esque following the appointment of Pipes Kingsley, who Pops. gets that short slash Hooley role? Is it Cumming, Whitfield, uh, the Berg, Harry, uh, Harry Himmelberg, um, or anyone else on the radar? I really like Cumming going forward. Mm. What do you think? Yeah. I think Whitfield's going to play up on the wing. Well, that's where it just depends. And they're like- talking about Himmelberg going back in the forward line. Yeah. So, if I had to back someone now, I'd be coming because he's the one I just don't see his role changing or at least he's going to be playing the same role as he was last year that was proven to be fantasy friendly. Yep. I reckon Cummings the yep. guy. I'm with you, man. Um, at Liam Salad FC, uh, Perryman role and output given with the departure of Taranto Hopper. We kind of talked about that earlier, but um, I reckon he plays inside. You reckon? Yep. yep. Easy. Tick that one off. And uh, well, What's that you- mix then? So, you got Kelly- Canelio, well, Tom does, Green, does, does Kelly Perryman. play? Does Kelly play outside? I don't know. We were saying we got Callanan, you got Whitfield. 
Yeah, true. Well, that wings like ro- wings rotate a lot in the AFL. Like, cause I, that's something I watched really closely last year. It was wing yeah. attendances. Couldn't see it. Um, we don't get numbers on those. And most teams play three to four wingmen anyway. Like they'll rotate on the mm. bench through those guys coming through. So I think you can play three, three or four on those wings. Um, the way they rotate and then usually rest somewhere else type thing. Mm. Um, my midfield mix is probably yeah, Canelio. Um, would be up there. I think Perryman's in there. Who else is? Who am I missing? Oh, Green's going to be your. F- I reckon they, those guys are going to be your first three. I reckon with like with Perryman playing your defensive kind of tagger kind of mm. role. I'm probably missing one though. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Well, yeah, with like Kelly Canelio. Yeah, so Green. Kelly. I oh, see Kelly could play on the outside. Kelly, oh, Kelly. Could and play then we were talking about Toby Green before. Like, well, I think Toby Green's more of the pinch hit type. Gonna, yeah. Or if someone gets injured, he goes in. Yeah. It's that's funny more. though. It's like you've got two guys leaving, but I think that's been the whole always the problem at GWS. You got two guys leaving, you still got a stacked midfield. Yeah, like, realistically. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how much changes really in terms of if Green, if Tom Green just gets a huge bump and then Perryman just gets a little bump, that might just be it. There might just be like four guys in there. Yeah, I think Perryman basically does what he did at the end of last year when someone like Taranto and that were injured anyway. And then I think then Green just kind of fills the other spot in there from Hopper. And Hopper's missing most of the season anyway as well. So I think that like, I honestly, yeah. I'd, I'd be looking out for guys like Toby Green, Bedford, um, Brent Daniels, these guys who have those short stints. A little bump. Yeah, yeah for sure. At AFL underscore FF, uh, are we likely to see Jake Riccardi cement his spot? And if so, God, he's where? one I love. I know I you do. That's mention, why I wanted to bring I it didn't up. Didn't mention him. Yeah, but that's probably because I like. Do you see him being fancy relevant? Like I, I do. I just I need. We need the role. Like mm. it's like you know. I would have loved to have seen if if he got that um that Himmelberg role last year, or if we see him playing on a wing. They're just stacked in those positions. So. If he does play that, I really want to see him in the high half forward. Sorry, not the like the high center half forward, just the center half half yeah, forward between um, the arcs. Charlie Kernow type role where he just yeah. moves right up the ground, kind of gets clears it out behind him and moves right up the ground. Then you got Hogan behind you, um, and I feel like he he could play a really good role there. Like I've always really liked the way he played and just waiting for that breakout. I feel like he got too thick last year. Like, <laughs> Maybe that's the issue. Yeah. Like need, I wanted to be that mobile up the ground guy. He got real girthy on the pipes. So. He's a strange one because we love him because of his first four games ever, and mm. where he, but he kicked bags in all of those. So it's a similar thing that we we're talking about um, before with um, oh, what's your boy's name? I'm gonna forget his name now. Um, uh, Peatling. Mm. Um, you know, comes in the side, kicks a few bags, gets shut down. Can't find another trick type thing. Goes to the twos, gets two hundred points. In Plays the in defence in the in That's the twos, I mean, yeah. yeah. But like, try that at AFL level and look so lost. You know what I mean? Mm. I know it's another year, like in de- in terms of his development. But to be honest, I can only see him really as yeah, maybe that centre half forward you're talking about. But I don't know if he's got the kind of talent to be like a Kerno type thing. That's all. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's not. I think he doesn't meant to spot in the forward line, but I just don't think it's going to be huge for fantasy scoring. That's all. All right. I'd still. I'd draft him late. Well, just, I drafted him late last a year. Big, yeah, and yeah, always a big fan. Yeah, he's definitely one to like because that potential is there. Um, anyways, that's a wrap, Dossie. What do you what do you want to plug? What what podcast are you on again? Oh yeah, the Pod Pod. Yeah. Um, also, shout out to Brent Daniels. I uh, know he's a big <laughs> fan. Big fan of the show. Listens. Watch, um, looks at our TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, yeah. Just go um, if you if you enjoy your classic as well as your keeper legs. Hit up Pod Pod. Um, have a listen. We've been. You know, piling out the content this preseason. And you're out from behind the paywall this year, if you haven't heard. Yes. So, yeah, yes, free free to air. Yeah, free to air. Free to air. No paywall pod, needed. Every so podcast app, you can that's imagine. It. That's where it's at. Hit it up. Hit up some smug chicken as well. Hef. <laughs> what's what's smug chicken, Dossie? It's a new, brand new word gang. Okay. Uh, Hef on the market. We don't have enough word you know, we went through. Well, that's <laughs> it. We went through the Wordle phase. Uh, I know Warnie was a huge, uh, huge fan in the fantasy community of Wordle, just pumping that up. Yes. But it's smug chicken's time. Hef. So what is smug chicken? It's the time of the chicken. 
Look, so I don't know if you've heard of um, AI, uh, artificial intelligence, going oh, around here. It's probably going to be big in your I school. I quite a bit of chat GBT. That's um, what I was going to say. Yeah, You're going to be- Research um, for definitely yeah. them. I think a lot of my students already are probably using it, yes, to be honest. Yes, it is coming in. It's coming in a full, full force this fast, year. Yep. Um, but yeah, I guess 2022, we were exposed to a bit of the AI art generation or image generation, which is where you enter text into a program, into an AI art generator- and then it generates four images based on the text. Uh, we use two words to produce an image, and then you've got to guess those two words. I won't give away the answer, but today's one was quite easy, and I think I saw a 98% uh, completion rate. Uh, yeah, I think it's down to 89% now. Oh, is it yeah, down we're blowing up, mate. So, Elon right. Dossi, Elon Dosk, yep. um, Jeff Bezos, yep. uh, blowing up. Going to get that color billies um, and, you know, yeah. support, the, Doss, support the program. Dosk Gates. Does that work? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, yeah, listen to the pod pod, play Smug Chicken, but also get around Keeper League Pod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Keeper League Pod on all of those. Say good day to Brent Daniels while you're on our TikTok site. Um, also get around Manscaped. Uh, use Keeper 20 for 20% off and free shipping. Supporting the sponsors supports us, um, but if you want to support us even more, please sign up as a member and keep us bringing you this podcast each week. All right, that's a wrap, Dossie. Thank you very much for coming on, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, mate. See you soon. Bye. Farewell. <laughs>